Welcome all. This is Inez Russell Gomez, and this week in Conversations Different, we are taking a deep dive into Santa Fe. Victor Romero, also known as the Santa Fe VIP, is here to tell us how to get the most out of the town we all love. Victor, welcome to Conversations Different. Yay, good morning. How are you? I am good. Good to be here with you and and find out you know what I should be doing to enjoy my hometown more. <laughs> Even better to be with you. I'm congratulations on your new podcast. This oh, is exciting. It's been fun. It's been Good. fun. Um, so, what does it mean to be the Santa Fe VIP? <laughs> well, we started this about 12 years ago. I was um, Santa Fe's first social media influencer. Facebook had just come out, so we wanted to figure out how to start helping local businesses get their names out. Because as we all know, marketing in this town is brutal. That's right. That, that's why you need the Red Zia company. That's it. Well, <laughs> I'm not promoting anybody, but yeah, go no. for it. You need the VIP services, but that's yeah, right. let's go. <laughs> no, that's our New Mexican one that oh, we just great. started. I'm just I'm But no, anyhow, um, so that's how it started. It started off the social media, and I just found my own little niche. Even though we have the Santa Fe Reporter or the Apasa Tempo, which I'd love to read, but being more based in... Tourism with uh, gas coming in. Not everybody knows what papers to look for, and there's not a local paper everywhere. So with a website, it was easy for me to go to some of these hotels. They can start referring to people, and we picked up our niche on focusing on nightlife and just all things fun because I always got tired of guests coming to my hotels or where I worked and just telling me, this town is so quiet and boring. I'm like, well, actually, it's not. It's just unlike any other town, we're in a city of mud. Mud holds sound in very So you don't close. hear all the fun everybody's so, having. Un- unless, Evangel- unless Nick at Evangelos has his windows open, then you don't know that there's a nightlife right. in Every Santa Tuesday, Bay. there's a big jam. All sorts Everywhere. of stuff. Yeah. Tuesday night jam, Friday, Saturday nights, got yeah. great music. So, But again, if you don't have those windows open or if you're up... If the venue's upstairs, you're not going to hear much around the streets. Yeah. So I think that's what makes it hard for people to feel that there's nightlife and fun things but once you get into it you're gonna have fun and hit up every spot friday saturday nights <laughs> that's nice well i know when i come downtown i'm always surprised that there's so many people out because right. you know i go home and n- not just watch tv but i exercise or read or do something walk the dogs right. and i'm not having a good time every friday or saturday and i do that and then i'm like wow there's people out there's dinners there's there's music there's all sorts of things happening but i think that happens to anybody in any city i don't care what city you live in right you've just worked 40 plus hours a week Mm -hmm. you're toasted so that's why most of us come home friday saturday nights and never come back out usually saturday is when i see most of the locals out by noon once chores are done it's time for Enchiladas and a margarita. That's right. That's right. And a nice Uber drive to take you home that's safely. It. That's it. So you started out social media, kind of an influencer, letting people know what was going on. And, and a then you've website. Ex- and the yes. website. But you've expanded now. So we've expanded. Again, my history is in hotel management. So I was the youngest concierge at La Posada. And on those quiet days, I started giving tourists a tour of the house and started talking about our famous ghost, Julia. And so... Poor Mrs. Stop. Yeah. So from that, you know, um, and also growing up poor, you're raised with stories. So storytelling became a huge part of my DNA there. Grandpa told me some amazing, crazy stories. 
And well, Mortar so, was a place that had witches. No, it was I a mean, good spot. Yeah, that's one of the things, the fireballs and the owls. Anybody <laughs> from there knows those stories. And, you know, um, I don't know when the last time you were up in Mora, speaking of Mora, but um, in front of the Allsops now by the river, mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed, they put in a new state. What are those signs? Built out of wood to mark historic spots of the state. They have a whole dedication to the... Um, the folk killers. Oh, right. Curanderas. The curanderas. The Yep. So my grandmother, my aunts were all curanderas. So it's funny when I give a tour, especially in the summer, especially if I have a glass of iced tea, they'll see me picking mints or different little herbs. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, well, this is this. And if you put it with I this. I need some yerbabuena. That's it. That's you can it, help yeah. heal yourself while you're having a good afternoon glass of tea. Yep. <laughs> that I'm the only New Mexico person I decided that killed all her mint oh you're funny <laughs> and i finally bought I, I bought it and i finally just planted it girl, in a box grows, and it came back finally girl that grows naturally <laughs> yes i know i know at our house in las vegas it was everywhere everywhere and right every time i planted it in santa fe it died and finally i've got some that comes back it yeah. was, it's been like my grandma's laughing at me i know it she's just like right. sitting up there going i can't believe you're my granddaughter <laughs> yep. but then anyhow i started giving tours of the house and that's how i started getting in to storytelling and then after high school college i took off went to los angeles opened the hard rock hotel in, in um las vegas and worked at the I mgm grand yeah, yeah so that they closed it but yeah great yep. spot it was fun and then i came home and um dad got sick and i was tired of vegas i moved home they tried to get me back at the lapo and i was taking care of vip services for mgm grand so there was not enough commas and zeros to add <laughs> to the end of my check to move me back <laughs> But it came up pretty good, so I decided to move back, and um, I ended up working with Hotel Santa Fe, and they put together that new luxury, at the time was new, the Hacienda in the back, this right, high-end right. 35 suite motel or hotel with remote control fireplaces. But what made that a cool project is they're the only Native American full-service hotel and restaurant that is Native American owned, not on Native American land. Right. So Pickeries. we got a lot of uh, press yeah. from that. And our first guest was Queen Nora of Jordan. So I have served royalty. I've served rock stars, movie right. stars. But the, my favorite are our local Santa Fe stars when I get them on my tours. So when you do the tours, so you, you're not just doing a hotel now. You're taking people around town. There's a historic tour, and then there's also a ghost tour. Exactly. So again, started with the hotels, and then we used to drive a shuttle. And on those quiet nights, I'd give a tour just in the bus, and it made me extra money. And then after, especially right before the pandemic, I had started started the tours. Pandemic hit. But right after, when we were slowly starting to come out, there was a ton of people walking around aimless <laughs> right knowing. right so i went to the hotels told them i could stay six feet apart and we just started picking up the tour again and so monday through saturday 9 a.m to 12 i do the history tour it's about a three-hour tour but it's a lot of cool fun crazy stories of different characters architecture everything in between and then shortly after that uh, my friend natalie bovis who started the new mexico cocktails and culture she started a company called ohm it's a um, high-end very organic liqueurs okay and so when she started doing the new mexico cocktails and culture do you remember that up here at the jury inn okay so she had a group of friends helping her and she asked would you be able to put a little ghost tour together and i'll get booze at each one of these places and we'll make a drink to celebrate the ghost story so after i did that i told her i love you but i'm so stealing your name this is a f- so much fun so that's how that idea okay. came 
bursting out of Natalie's great idea for Haunted Spirits Tour. I love that. Haunted Spirits, uh, whether you drink them or see them. And we'll be back on that note in just a moment. Thanks, Inez. This is Patrick Dorsey, publisher of the Santa Fe New Mexican. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Conversations Different with Inez Russell Gomez. Great local content is only possible with a talented staff dedicated to bringing you the best local content possible. For that staff to do its work, we need your support by subscribing to the Santa Fe New Mexican. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. And if not, there's never been a better time to subscribe. In addition to our home-delivered newspaper that comes with full digital access, we also provide digital-only subscriptions for SantaFeNewMexican.com. We'll also be releasing more online-only audio and video programming moving forward. The Santa Fe New Mexican has been here for nearly 175 years, and we want to continue being your source for local news and information. Visit us at SantaFeNewMexican.com slash subscribe or call us at 505-986-3010. Thank you. It's a new day in New Mexico, and the doors to boundless opportunity are open as tens of thousands of New Mexicans reach higher to pursue a dream, broaden their horizons, and retrain for a better job. With the New Mexico Lottery and Opportunity Scholarships, you could build yourself a better future anywhere in the state. You put in the hard work, we'll help with the costs. For eligibility details, visit ReachHigherNM.com. We are back with Victor Romero, the Santa Fe VIP, mm-hmm. and we're talking about ghosts in Santa Fe, but just history. What do people ask you when you're walking around Santa Fe? What do they want to know? Oh, well, of course, they want to know everything, mainly architecture. Why, why is everything you, brown? Why do you? Well, besides <laughs> that, that's not so much, but I think the one I laugh at the most is. These peppers, is this for warding off evil eye? And I'm always asking, what's that? <laughs> no, no, it's the blue windows that ward off the evil. Oh, there to, you go, right? You know. So I make a joke and ask him what that is. And I'm like, no, honey, it has nothing to do with ghosts. Look at me and my people. We're short, brown, round, and low to the ground. <laughs> we didn't used to be brown because we didn't ever have enough food. <laughs> and so basically it's all about food. Yeah. Again, how the natives taught the Spanish to dry out that ch- green chili pepper. And you can now have chili all winter and all spring. Yeah, you can decorate with it and eat it at and the now same we get, time. And now we get the best of both worlds. So yeah. Rishas are now pretty much just for decor. But I still like to string up my chili, dry it, and grind it down. You still do that? No, I'm lazy. I get frozen bueno. Oh, no. And you add a little tiny touch of extra powder, and you cannot tell the difference, I promise you. Oh, Santa Fe, we're about to get into a fight. (laughs) I know. My mother had a restaurant when I was a little girl, and she cooked everything from scratch, 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 pods, everything. My grandma sold tortillas at the Columbia Supermarket in Las Vegas. Nice. And I grew up with great cooks. But my mother, when she got older, said, there are shortcuts, and I will teach you them. (laughs) And she could make chili frozen and chili with pods, and you... Would be hard pressed right. to tell the difference. I love that. That's yeah. great. That's but good. no, the right way is to take them, 
Right off of the yep. restaurant, because you notice, and yep. I can tell, and I'm not plugging anybody, but one of our favorite breakfast spots, Miss Tia Sophia's, you could tell she's using the sun dried because it's velvety, mm-hmm. looks and like layers. chocolate, and it's bright orange, not yeah. deep red. It's got yeah. a beautiful orangey color. No, I All love, right. I do love Tia Sophia's. So and that's the main I love question. The pantry, the Buenos Dias. Right. I, I mean, that's the only place I know the name of my breakfast. <laughs> You're funny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's good. So you take them around. They ask you questions. So we go for a walk and we talk about interesting characters. If it's not Doña Tules, we talk about uh, Nick's dad, Evangelo Colonis, and his awesome story. Um, He's a stamp. He's a stamp. He was a World War II hero without becoming an American citizen. So then we go after that. After characters, we move into architecture, and then we hit up what everybody else wants to see are the churches. Yes. So, of course, the Loretto Chapel. Not that it's a ghost story, but that is a heck of a crazy story. I believe it was St. Joseph. uh, I will believe that till I die. I agree with you, and so do the rest of us that grew up here or have family ties that long. We all believe that for sure. Yeah. But I guess they found that it might have been, they might have located the actual supposed carpenter. So if it wasn't actually St. Joseph on the earth, I believe he worked through the the human. You know, that's how it works. I believe it too. And, and the whole point of this, for those of you who don't know the story, is there is a staircase in the Loretto Chapel that doesn't have supports in a usual way of a spiral staircase. And it is incredibly beautiful if you it haven't seen it. It makes two complete 360 degree turns, making two complete circles stand on top of each other without a center being for support, which any builder, architect, or physicist will tell you is impossible. Yep. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah. Sure. So you go there, you go to San Miguel Mission. We pass by them. We don't go into the San Miguel. Sometimes they're not open until 12. Everybody's still looking for employees, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And the cathedral doesn't like us in there. They have their own docents, so that's okay. But my job is to really just showcase and show you the city. Right. Your job as a tourist is to come back and explore and see all the cool stuff that I'm bringing you around to. Absolutely, absolutely. So your website says, you know, it's off the beaten path. There are things that are off the beaten path. What is off the beaten path that I haven't seen that I should go look at? Hmm. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily the path per se as much as uh, some of the stories. So on the Haunted Spirits Tour, not everything is really focused on Santa Fe so much as the entire state, because as we all know, this state attracts not only visitors from around the country and around the world, but from the solar system. I was so going to say, we have aliens. There is a whole <laughs> slew of crazy stuff happening here. Right. And as you all know, they've had human remains here for two million years. So there's always been religion, education, healthcare, different prayers, different de- deities, everything happening here. So I think that's one of the main reasons people, when they show up, always say, I have this real strong connection to Santa Fe spiritually. I'm like... You should. A bunch of weird stuff has happened here, at least for a solid 400 years, and who knows how long before that. <laughs> the joke in Taos uh, was that if the mountain likes you, you stay, and if not, it spits you out. And I don't know if we have an equivalent in Santa Fe, but that attraction can wear thin once you get here and drive down Surreal's Road and hit a pothole. <laughs> I don't know if it's a mountain here, but pretty much, pretty much the people. The people like you, they're going to bring yeah. you in if they don't. You see a lot of people ex- exit real quick. Yeah. Well, it's one of the things that, that always strikes me is this is a place where people come to reinvent themselves, you know, whether it was the Spanish seeking whatever. Freedoms. You know, the Americans coming to get money and then to stay, et cetera. And then you have the artists. Everybody comes and now they've discovered Santa Fe. It's a new place. And the rest of us, were still here, you know, same old, same old. 
But a lot of people get here and they really aren't comfortable. And some of them stay, which has made it, I think, increasingly a little strange the last few years. Absolutely. And and don't forget, I think a lot of people have a hard time, too, because they are coming from that lower elevation. And so when they get up here... Again, oh, they'll call me. I'm a great walker. I walk six miles a day. I'm like, okay, but 7,200 feet above sea level is going to speak to your body in a whole nother language. <laughs> well, that's one of the questions I had is how do you walk for three hours with people who aren't used to altitude? Well, what's funny is that there's a lot of stops and the entire route is only 1.3 miles. <laughs> oh, wow. You must have a lot of stories. So it's a ton of stories. So my voice is what takes the hit on most of it. You can already hear it scratch. Yep. I just finished a tour, so I apologize to the people on listening to this. My voice is a little shot, but that's... It's full of stories. So again, I'm a storyteller and plus I'm a show off. We have so many weird, cool things happening in this town. I'm very proud to show it off to you and be a little smirky when I do that, but that's okay. I get, I get to. And you walk around town, so you probably see things that need fixing. What is your advice for city leaders? Like Mm. what would you do to be better? As a city leader, they should really get out into their community instead of going home and going to city hall in just a few moments. Good leaders are out there. They're Mm -hmm. out there engaging with themselves. They want to come to not just to do radio and get press for themselves, but it's nice to see them when they show up to basketball games. If it's your district, you should be supporting those kids. If someone from your district is hosting an event, even if it's not your thing, it's nice to see them even for a minute and know, wow, the mayor showed up or my city council members showed up. It makes you feel part of the community because when I don't see leaders like that, I get very wary of them because I'm always assuming they're doing shenanigans that they shouldn't be. And usually (laughs) they're doing shenanigans they shouldn't be doing. Oh, that's a funny place to stop. (laughs) We'll be back uh, with our closing segment in a moment. My name is Maria Jose Rodriguez Cadiz, and I am the Executive Director with Solace Sexual Assault Services. Our mission is to prevent sexual violence and empower survivors of sexual violence through restoring dignity, strength, and resiliency. For almost 51 years, Solace has reduced the impact of sexual violence. We do it by focusing on human rights, social justice, hope, and dignity. We believe survivors are experts in their own experiences and acknowledge that empowering them is crucial to their healing. Our advocacy, forensic interviewing, and therapy services are centered to their needs. Our sexual violence prevention programs in schools and community is just as important. Please check our website at findsolace.org. And if in need, you can call our 24-7 hotline, which is 800-721-7273. Your support is crucial to the lives of survivors. Thank you. Gracias. We are back at Conversations Different with Victor Romero, the Santa Fe VIP, and we are going to have him tell us one of the favorite stories that he likes to share when he's walking around Santa Fe, giving a local's perspective of our town. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you a short one that I love. 
And it's about the three sisters that were witches that lived inside of the oldest house. And they didn't practice the whitest and cleanest of magic. So there's a story of a young conquistador who had fallen in love with a young lady. Knowing of these sisters and their magic, he gave them some silver in hopes of them making him a love potion. Oh, this is going to end badly. (laughs) They're going to make him a love potion. (laughs) He's going to follow their instructions. But as he had followed their instructions, that young lady not only did not fall in love with the young man, she's going to fall in love with another man who's going to marry her and move her out of Santa Fe. The boy is devastated. He's going to go back to the oldest house demanding the silver back. Now, I assume all of you have been to the oldest house, and you know how there's two doorways right next to each other? He's like, if you're facing it, he's trying to get in through the front door. He's knocking. They open it. He's going to try pushing his way in to go get his silver. Two sisters are going to be holding the door, keeping him out. The famous story is the third sister is going to grab a sword, open that second door, and before he could think and see where she's, as she comes out of that second door, she's going to swing that sword and chop off his head. I assume you guys have been inside of the oldest house and you've seen that casket with a headless body. They kept his body there as a reminder to everyone to not come and screw around with those sisters. So so you that, don't get your money back if the magic does not go <laughs> as you it. want it. But that's why you see a full casket with a full skeleton body missing its head. They kept his body there to remind everybody not to mess with them. Oh. Isn't that a great story? Yeah, I, I, I wonder if it happened, but it is a great story. Right. Oh. But my favorite is everybody else's favorite, and that is our most famous ghost, and that is Ms. Julia Staub. The story of Julius Staub and Abraham. Abraham and his brother, they make their way here to the United States in search of the American dream, and they came to Santa Fe. <laughs> I always wonder how, how that ended up. Even I make a, qu- a question mark about that when <laughs> yeah. I tell the story. But nonetheless, him and the brother are going to open a mercantile shop here in the plaza over by La Fonda, the right. southeast corner. And the business does okay. They say about three or four years into it, he scored a huge contract with the uh, United States government to start supplying tents to the United States Army because they're still fighting the Civil War on the East Coast. And once that check cashes, he's the wealthiest man in town. Wow. He's now going to go purchase those six acres, which we now know as the La Posada uh, Resort and Hotel. He's going to build the very first two-story brick mansion. He puts in all of that money into the details of the house. So next time you guys are in La Posada in the lobby area, those first four marble steps, that is fine Italian marble all the way from Italy to be the outdoor steps (laughs) up to the porch. Then once you get to the doorway, you notice on the banister, he's going to put in gold his initials, A.S. for Abraham Staub. And on the right of the door, you're going to see the little family Wazuza. They were a sweet little Jewish family. Then all the light fixtures in the house are the original oil lamps that they're going to clear out and then rewire them with electricity. So those are the original lamps to the house. Then again, you walk into the house. Those beautiful floors, as you've all seen, are detailed, inlaid, gorgeous throughout the rest of the house. And then again, once that thing's done, the last thing he's going to install is that beautiful stained glass you all see right off of the dining room of a rose. That was his wife, Julia's favorite flower. Two conflicting stories. One says that she came to America on her own. Another story I heard is that he, while that's getting installed, he heads back to Germany to retrieve her. And when he gets there, Julia's famous in her little community. And fortunately, she didn't have a cool podcast or (laughs) paint a beautiful painting or sculpt something fabulous. This is pre-mental health. 
She's famous in her little neighborhood for being a very fun, outgoing woman. And then she was very sad and depressed. Oh, and then so she, she had all these crazy episodes in between. So we don't know if she was bipolar, manic, depressive, or heck, it could have been a party in her head. Both things are going on at the same time. Wow. But poor thing, this is what's happening to her. But once Abraham gets her, she's in love. That mental health is going to stay pretty stable. When she gets back here to Santa Fe... She's about to become queen of Santa Fe society. She's the wealthiest woman in the biggest, most beautiful house in our little town. This house is so famous that they say Lou Wallace, when he first got here, has appointed as us as a governor to deal with Billy the Kid. He's going to stay there. President Rutherford. So Rutherford, Rutherford Hayes. Yep. When he signs us in as the 47th state, he's going to stay there for three nights. All other big dignitaries, big people like that are going to stay in the house. It's the nicest place to stay. The house gets eventually a third floor because they're entertaining so much. Basically becomes a ballroom. I think it only lasts about seven or nine years before it catches fire, and then they're going to remove it. Now, 14 years in, they move into the house. Another 12 years later and seven children later, they're about to give birth to their last kid. This little girl is born. Now, we're not sure what happens. We do not know if the little girl... Well, obviously, she didn't choke on the umbilical cord, but something... I don't know if the kid's stillborn or just literally lives a few hours, a day or two, and the kid's going to die. This is going to throw Julia back into that manic stage. Now, prior to that, as host queen of Santa Fe Society, her one trademark is that beautiful, curly, shiny black hair she had. After this kid dies, the stress is going to go straight to her hair, and now... In less than, I think they said, between four and five months, from the roots out, her hair is now just turning completely ghostly white, and she is freaking out. She's now going to close the doors. No more parties. No one's invited. She's now just roaming the halls. They say she doesn't eat or drink for two weeks after the kid dies. She's starting to lose it. Now, again, other stories. There's a story that Abraham murders her because he can't handle being associated with someone who's losing her mind. I don't like that story. The story I like is that Abraham is now spending all of his money getting different doctors to come in to see how to help her. Unfortunately for him, they're all going to keep recommending to him that he needs to have her committed to the state hospital. He can't do that. He just brought her all the way from Germany. She only speaks German. At that time, we're still predominantly Spanish with a very little bit of English. So imagine putting your new wife from Germany in a mental institution that speaks a whole other language. He couldn't do it. So the story is, is he's going to start taking her health care into his own hands by tying her to her radiator in her room with a rope. Because at this point, she's now getting up at two, three in the morning, oh. walking to the kids' rooms while they sleep, grabbing them by the collar and start shaking them and telling them, get up and go to school. And if you don't, you're going to grow up and be stupid. Just she's losing it. Right. The kids don't know what to do. Abraham can't stop this. This is why he's going to tie her to the radiator. And she's allegedly or supposedly dies upstairs in a room tied to her radiator. But ever since then, Julius, from day one, fell in love with that house to the point that she refuses to leave. leave. Wow. And since then, Julia has become our most famous ghost. And everybody, Ghostbusters, especially after cable starts and all those Mythbusters and stuff show up, lots of those guys tend to get a lot of weird seismic readings. Now, Julia's not really... A evil spirit in the sense, I think she's just more of a little prankster because working there through high school, sometimes even I have a sick sense of humor and I picked the wrong choice of words. So one day I walked up to uh, the living room 
Back then, before the mirror over the fireplace, they had a portrait of Julia that they had painted it over. So I'm sitting there looking at the portrait, and I literally am like, what the heck, Julia? Hook a brother up. I tell your story to all these strangers, and you only seem to appear to the people that don't know your stories. Hook a brother up. Poor choice of words. That next morning, as I'm at the front desk, like every other hotel, there's a big basket of apples. Well, we use uh, those Washington apples, which are gigantic, and they have that annoying little white sticker. That morning, I was peeling off the stickers in the walk-in. As I'm walking through the dining room, as I get to the lobby area where the steps are up to the house, for whatever reason, I was carrying the basket of apples like a tray, so my hand's flat this way. Not too bad, but once I got into that foyer, something cold literally comes and brushes my chin, and I look up. And you guys notice those those big wrought iron light fixtures? Yeah. Well, back in my day, I was still about this far from ta- touching the bottom of the tassels that hang down. That Nowadays, I can touch it. But when I walked out, it was not a Washington apple. As you know, our apples grow like us, short, brown, round, and a little fatter, <laughs> a little yep. whiter like us. Perfectly placed on the very top tier where no one could reach perfectly placed as a New Mexico apple and the chandelier had this little sway going like that. And as I'm getting chills, my friend Renee King, who's working with me, I remember like a lunatic. I started yelling from the middle of that lobby, Renee, come here, hurry, look at this. And she is like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I didn't touch that. Look at that. These are Washington apples. That's a New Mexico apple. I came in and asked Julia for a sign. I think that's our sign. I just remember her looking at me, rolling her eyes, and just kept telling me, you're crazy. And <laughs> walked back to the front desk. <laughs> well, the thing about otherworldly uh, appearances is that when they do happen, we do feel like we're crazy. Right. You don't want to, you don't know what it is, and you can't explain it, and you sort of wish it would go away because right? it's scary. And a lot of people claim to see it. I've had a lot of employees. Uh, I noticed that most of them that tended to be bartenders always saw her by the fireplace in the little drinking area before you go to that back room. Yep. Uh, that was the pantry. Obviously, with seven kids, she spent a lot of time in that pantry <laughs> cooking oh. and preparing for those kids. But then a lot of people also see her on top of the staircase. And then one year, I did have a mother-daughter check-in for Halloween, and the lady was insanely rude to me. Kept asking her, welcome to Santa Fe. How are things? I have the ghost room. Okay, again, ma'am, welcome to Santa Fe. Can you hurry up? We got the ghost room. I'm like, okay. So the girl that's working with me just kind of put her head down. And as soon as she left, she's like, that lady was rude to you. I was like, whatever, let Julia deal with her. Again, poor choice of words. (laughs) And Julia did. I came came to work at 7 o'clock the next morning, asked the night relief person, how was uh, your night? Hey, well, 2.56, checked out about 3.45 this morning. I was like, they did? What happened? The mother-daughter that I checked in that were so rude to me got up to use the restroom. Well, back then, as you know, decor was lace for window dressings. Yes. And you can kind of see through lace. On that night, it was a full moon for Halloween. When she got back from the bathroom, laid down, and instead of closing her eyes, she looked out the windows, and she could see a figure of a woman So when she got up, walked to the window to see if there was a woman there. When she moved the curtain, the apparition disappeared as she moved the curtain. Freaked her out to the point that she woke up the daughter, and by 3.53, she checked out. Wow, I wonder where she went. And on that note, we will say goodbye. And Victor, we have to go walking sometime. Please, 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 all of you, you and your crew, please come on a tour. We could do something fun with you guys. Maybe we'll do a live feed. 
I love it. I love it. Awesome. Thank you. This is Conversations Different from the Santa Fe, New Mexican. New every Tuesday. Find us at santafenewmexican.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. 